Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. We were taught to pray as children that God is great and God is good. The greatness of God lies in the goodness of God. God does great things in the daytime and in the night. He is called the God who gives songs in the night, not just from sundown to sunrise, but in the seasons of darkness and misery in our lives. He makes things rhyme. He gives songs in the night. Some of you may be tired of singing that song of darkness, and you've wondered, how long will this night season in my life last? Because times can get very trying. But know this, darkness will have its interval. It will have its season. Jacob wrestled with the angel in the night. The angel passed over Goshen in the night. Belshazzar saw a finger riding on the wall in the midst of the night. The disciples went fishing and caught nothing in the night. A storm came upon the disciples in that very same lake in the night. Paul and Silas were tortured, and we read it was midnight. Jesus was betrayed in the garden at night. He prayed in Gethsemane that very same night. And at three in the afternoon on that fateful Friday, the clock of eternity struck midnight. And we read, the sun refused to shine. And so Jesus died in the night. Then we get to that verse where David said in the 30th Psalm, weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. We really want to believe that weeping is only temporary, that darkness is only momentary, and that joy is our permanent reality. We want to be persuaded that flowers of character are watered by tears of tribulation, as H. Beecher Hicks said. But we often ask, if weeping endures for a night, then how long is this night season going to last? I think if we had an inkling of an idea, just a glimmer of hope, if we could see the sunrise beginning to appear in the eastern sky, at least in our spirits, to know that the night season will soon pass, then we could endure anything. But how long is the night? How long is the night of mute misery and speechless sorrow and escapable hurt? How long is this night of salty tears, a fountain that never seems to dry? How long is this night when I can't tell people near and dear to me what I feel and almost dare not to admit to myself? How long? is the night season, when the things I've given my life to are shattered and broken and I no longer have the will to stoop down and pick them up and try to put them all back together again with worn out tools. How long is the night? We know. We know because we sing it that there's a better day coming, but I guess my pondering today is how long is the night? We were told as kids that one day, Every day will be Sunday by and by. But how long 
the night of these other six days. We know that all things work together for those who love the Lord, but how long is this night season that I'm enduring that I'm not seeing that happen? I know that we need to wait on the Lord and be of good courage, but how long is this night going to last? We know that earth has no sorrow, that heaven cannot heal, but how long is the night? And this I know, that he knows how much I can bear. But God, could you answer me this question? How long is this dark night season? If we've learned anything in God, it's this. You can't rush the darkness away. You can't bypass it, detour it, or skip over it. But God says it will end. It's going to dissipate. So hold on. The tears are going to pass. The laughter's coming back. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. The same God who closes the curtain of night will also open the curtain of morning light. But what do we do when the night seems too long? All of this week on Daily Devotion, I want to talk about handling adversity with faith and how much we need faith when the night season seems too long. This is when we tell ourselves that a new day will dawn. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 8, 13, 19, 23, 31, you read these words, the evening and the morning were the first day. There's two things that intrigue me about that phrase. First, we notice that the day was comprised of two components, night first, followed by light second, that your new day will always begin in darkness. So entwined are those words evening and morning that in Genesis 1, the Hebrew verb is singular and not plural. Rather than evening and morning were the first day, it's actually was the first day. As this idea unfolds in the Old Testament, evening and morning is actually described with a single word. In other words, fused with darkness is the potential for light. This tells me that if you have darkness, you have light. How fast is the morning racing toward you? In the natural, it comes at over 1,000 miles per hour, faster than the speed of sound. A new day is coming at you faster than the words that I speak right now can be processed by your ear, by your mind. The word orient comes from the Latin word meaning east. So when we once used the word orient to describe China and eastern countries, we were speaking of the people to the east. The orientation of a child of God is always toward a new day, that we put our back to the setting sun, we put our back to despair, and we set our faces toward hope. You put your back to the past, forgetting those things that are behind, and you set your face to the future. You put your back to the hurts and pains, and you set your face to the health and to the healing that lies before you. Hey, there's a reason your windshield is bigger than your rearview mirror. You're supposed to stay focused to the east, to the new day that is dawning. To safely maneuver this spiritual walk, God wants you more fixated on what's in front of you than what's behind you. God is orienting us. 
positioning us for a new day. Faith in seasons of adversity. We see this in Scripture, Numbers 21. When Israel left Egypt, the Bible says they journeyed toward the rising sun. Their house of worship, the tabernacle, the temple, always faced east. Ezekiel's life-giving stream flowing from that visionary temple flowed to the east. And in Isaiah 63, Messiah comes from the east. No wonder in Matthew 24, Jesus compared his return to lightning that comes from the east and moves to the west. And the Messiah, Ezekiel 44, will return through the eastern gates. So Jews are buried facing east, many Christians as well. That's why we sing of the eastern gate. We keep our eyes on the eastern sky. We're always positioning and orienting ourselves to face the new day. More than this, we have to move toward the new day. When the night seems too long, we move toward the light. We call it a sunrise, but in a very real sense, it's not a sunrise at all. For the sun is a relative constant to the earth. It's not the sun that's rising. It's the earth that's revolving. Each day to see the sun come up, it means that the earth has been moving all night long. In a similar sense, we must move toward the light. When Jesus views the ruins of Jericho, a blind man whose life was spent in darkness called to him. Bartimaeus said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Our Lord is called Daystar, the herald of a new day. He is called Dayspring, the fount of a new day. So at Jericho that day, night was calling to light. But notice the path of dawn. When Jesus heard Bartimaeus, the Bible says he stood still and he called for the blind man to come to him. The crowd could have brought him to Jesus or Jesus could have gone to him. But Jesus stood still and called for Bartimaeus. When someone in the crowd said, Bartimaeus, he calls for you, Bartimaeus rises, drops that old beggar's garment, and starts moving toward the light. God is speaking to us today. He's ordering our steps. He leads us from darkness into light. That's his way. How do you do that? You do that through praise. I find it significant that Judah camped to the east of the tabernacle. Judah means praise, and praise is always the herald of a new day. The person who knows how to praise God is beckoning a sunrise. He's moving toward the light. That's what David said in one of the darkest nights of his difficult life. He reached for his harp and said, Wake up, soul. Wake up, my praise. You've been dormant too long. You've been too quiet. Then he makes that amazing statement in the 57th Psalm, verse 8. I will wake up my praise, and I will awaken the dawn. When the night gets too long, when the song you've sung gets too repetitious, when you're weary of whistling by night in the graveyard, wake up your praise, and you too can wake up your dawn. A brand new day is on its way when you allow Judah to camp at the doorstep to the east. For your praise will vanquish the darkness. 
Your worship will bring spokes of light into a heavy sky. Your praise gives darkness a bedtime snack, tucks it into bed. Your praise puts darkness to sleep and it awakens a brand new day. So if the night seems too long, if you're struggling in the midst of darkness, you keep looking toward tomorrow and you do that through your praise. Because remember in the Hebrew within each evening, is also a brand new morning, that it is coming, and it is coming your way. That's the theme of the musical, Annie. When the young orphan is left all alone and no one is there to help her, she steps out on a darkened stage with only a single down light hitting her. That light of hope in the darkness has enveloped her, and she sings. She doesn't sing the blues. She doesn't sing the pain and misery. She sings about the future and the nearness of the future. The sun will come out tomorrow. So you got to hang on till tomorrow, come what may. Tomorrow, tomorrow, I love you tomorrow. You're always a day away. What is holding you back right now from your brand new day, from your brand new life? Get rid of that barrier. When the night seems too long, Start moving toward the light because a new day is coming at you faster than the speed of sound. A new day beckons when you open up your heart and begin to praise the God who rises as sun with healing in his wings. It's coming. You can get through this moment through praise. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.